This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hello, family of God. So sorry that they have increased the restrictions on crowd gathering in South Africa. And uh, so uh, we are coming to most of you in your homes. Even so, for those of you that if there are any gathered at the church, we're so glad you are there. Now, this is the beginning of a brand new series titled, The Father Destined Us to Live in His Abundance. The Father God Destined Us to Live in His Abundance. I'm going to give you and starting off, I'm going to give you five scriptures to prove that God lives inside of you. All right, let's start at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. He, God the Holy Spirit, who is in you, is greater than he, Satan and demons, who is in the world. All right, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Acts 1 8. Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And the church was all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you see, they were all filled. Colossians 1, 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, so as I said, these are just a few of the many scriptures to prove that God lives in us. Now let's look at a prayer that is prayed by the Holy Spirit through Paul the Apostle for you and for me. As you look at this prayer, bear in mind that the Holy Spirit is in you and in me. All right? Go to Ephesians 3, verse 14. And while you're looking at Ephesians 3, 14, I'm going to tell you about an experience that Rodney Howard Brown had. And the scripture we're about to read is going to throw more light on the experience he had and explain it more clearly. All right, so turn to Ephesians 3.14. While you're doing that, listen to this. So Rodney Howard Brown told us that just recently, after coming home late one night, early hours of the morning, from a crusade in his bedroom, getting ready for bed, he saw out in front of him a whirlwind spinning very fast. 
but this was an electric fire, an electric, electric fire about half a meter in height, about half a meter in height, spinning fast. And this electric fire, whirlwind, was spinning fast, coming towards him. And he was just watching it. He sensed the presence and glory of God in the room. And this came towards him and hit him in the chest and went right into him. Now, he said he could hardly speak any words. The presence of God was so strong on him. He had a real God encounter. I personally believe that that was the Holy Spirit who abides in us, and the Holy Spirit was demonstrating to Rodney the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us, so that he could recognize this power and depend more on it, have more faith in it for great exploits. So let's have a look then, as I said, at Ephesians 3.14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, dunamis, through his Spirit in your inner man. All right, so verse 16 is saying that the Holy Spirit is praying for us that we would be strengthened with this dunamis power by the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Now that word might, I put the word dunamis in brackets after it, and the word dunamis, or the word might in Greek, is dunamis. Dunamis means a continuous working miracle. Dunamis means a continuous working miracle. It is the power of God that never ceases to be active on the inside of us. And you can see that in Strong's number 1411. Strong's number 1411. Straight out of the Greek in a Hebrew, Greek, English dictionary. All right. So once again, the word might is the Greek word dunamis, and this is what it means. A continuous working miracle. It is the power of God that never ceases to be active on the inside of us. So understand that God's power is not dormant. It's ever moving and active and ready to act on our behalf as soon as we release God to work for us. All right, carry on, verse 17. Well, let's back up and read verse 16 again. And then carry right on with verse 17. That God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, 
to be strengthened with might, dunamis, through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, not just you, all of us, all of us to comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, before I count reading, God wants us to be aware of the amount of love he has for us, to know his love for us. Now, to him, that's the God of love, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Watch that. To do exceedingly, abundantly, above. All that we ask or even think, according to the power that works in us, according to that dunamis power that's an ever-active, working miracle in us. Hmm. Now, I took verse 20, and I looked at tons of different translations. And I took certain lines from various translations to make verse 20 say exactly what the Greek is saying. And I'm going to read it from all those translations combined. Verse 20 again. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Here we go. Now, to the God of love that is able to do infinitely beyond all our hopes and dreams, through his power which is at work within us. Through his power that is at work within us. This is God's desire for us. This is the Holy Spirit's prayer for us. He wrote this prayer through the Apostle Paul. Therefore, it must be answered. When the Holy Spirit writes the prayer and prays the prayer for you, you can count on one thing. God is going to answer the prayer he prays for you. If you read that and agree with it, then expect it. Expect it. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think by the whirlwind electric firepower of God that's moving in you right now. That's not still, but moving active, alive in you. The miracle working power of God is miraculously working in you now. Our minds have been educated through the five senses that are in the body. I'll say it again. Our mind has been educated through the five senses that are in your body. Taste, smell, see, hearing, touch. Therefore, our mind has been trained to think in terms of the limitations of the natural realm. 
Did you catch that? Our mind has been trained to think in terms of the limitations of the natural realm. Our body-ruled minds cannot grasp the idea that God lives in us. I need to say that again. Our body-ruled minds cannot grasp the idea that God lives in us. Our minds cannot grasp the reality of this truth, that everything, that everything we will ever need in this life is in us, in God right now. Let me say that again. Everything we'll ever need in this life is already in you, in God, right now. But the born-again human spirit can grasp that. Our hearts crave to experience more of God. This God who lives in us is the God of love. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. All right, Jesus said that. So notice this, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's talking about one tree. One tree. Not two different trees. Imagine a vine or a trunk of the tree, and then the branches come off the trunk, and the fruit is on the branches, right? So we are the branches that carry the fruit. But we get our source of nourishment from the trunk, from the vine. Jesus said he is the trunk or the vine, and we are the branches. If we abide in him... We'll bear much fruit. In other words, if you'll fellowship with me, you'll have good results in your life. How do we fellowship with God? Number one, read the Bible. Number two, pray. Number three, go to church. Well, right now, that's a little challenging. Mix with other Christians. Very important. Somehow, some way, mixed with other Christians. All right, so we are going to learn how to walk in the Spirit, how to depend on the God of love, the God of the impossible, who lives in us. So we're going to learn how to tap into the Spirit of God who lives in us. Like the branch depends on the vine, we must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit for literally everything we do in this life. We must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit for literally everything we do in this life because that's what He wants, and if we do, we'll do really well. John fifteen five, Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. So let's depend on Him for everything. The life of the branch flows from the vine. 
The branch gets its life from staying connected to the trunk or the vine. The fruit grows on the branches. We are the branches. The fruit grows on us. Now, what fruit is this? What fruit are we talking about? John 10.10. The Lord Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. So Jesus came to give us abundant life. This fruit is the abundant life Jesus came to give us. It is Christ himself living through us. As we learn to depend on the vine, the glory of Christ becomes visible in our lives. As Jesus walked the earth and met the needs of all those he came into contact with, so Jesus wants to do the same today through you and through me. He wants to meet the needs of everybody around us through us. That is the fruit that we will see in our lives. The abundant life. The blessing of God spilling over into our lives and those we contact and talk to. People will see his nature. People will see his character. They'll see his love. They'll see his wisdom, his perseverance, his strength, his faithfulness, and his success shining through us. Many were helped, encouraged, and strengthened wherever Jesus went. Wherever Jesus went, people were healed, helped, encouraged, and strengthened. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, that's you and me, we believe in him. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So Jesus is saying, I went around and helped everybody everywhere I went. And you will do the same because you believe in me. And he said, he said, I said to you, he who believes in me, and then because I go to my Father. So there's two things. Number one, because you believe in Jesus. Number two, because he went to the Father. We can see Christ do the same miracles around us to help people. So what happened when Jesus went to the Father? Let's read John 16, 7. Jesus said, nevertheless... I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. However, verse 13, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth and he will tell you things to come. He will teach you the Bible, and he will tell you the future. 
Now, family of God, our productivity will increase in the work of God in the church and also out in the marketplace, our impact on the lost will improve tremendously. People who know you will want what you have. You'll become a magnet to the lost, a magnet to the lost. And we will prosper materially as well because we will be walking in God's plan and purpose for our lives, we are going to learn the principles of depending on this God of love. We're going to learn how to walk in the Spirit and allow the God of the impossible to live through us. Say so that I'm going to learn, say so that I'm going to learn how to walk in the Spirit and allow the God of the impossible to live through me. You see, the God of the impossible wants to help and bless everybody everywhere. If we will just become a glove on his hand and allow him to do it. We can't live as individual branches. Let me say that again. We cannot live and survive as individual branches. What do I mean by that? The branches must be connected to each other and to the vine. A branch that is cut off, separated from the vine, separated from other branches, will be cut off and abandoned. A branch must not live an independent, private life and exclude other branches and exclude church gathering, exclude home fellowship groups, and live an isolated life. A branch cannot survive if it decides to live an isolated life. It will be cut off. John 15, 6. Jesus said that right here. He said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. That's not a happy ending for a branch that doesn't want to fellowship with other Christians and doesn't want to go to church. I bump into people all over the world that I witness to. And they say, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, great. My next question then is, where do you fellowship? Oh, I don't fellowship. I'll watch TV. Right. Well, that branch is in serious danger. According to Jesus, branches like that are cast out, they wither, and they're thrown into the burning fire. In other words, Jesus is saying, a branch that decides to live an isolated life is not going to make it. They are going to grow cold in heart. They are going to backslide. They are going to turn away from God. They are going to stop believing in Jesus sooner or later. Please, don't let's do that. As soon as the restrictions are lifted and we are allowed to go back to church, let's run back. Run back. Go back to fellowship groups. 
Getting into the habit of missing church attendance is extremely dangerous, according to Jesus in John 15, 6. People in our society have been told by Satan to judge themselves by the behavior of others around them to determine whether their behavior is acceptable to God. So, right, fine. The devil says, if you want to know that you're living a good life, compare yourself to others. And then people say, well, you know, I'm not so bad. Everybody's doing it. Well, that's not a good way to assess if you're right in your behavior because they're not going to judge you on Judgment Day. God is. And the truth is, His Word is what we have to be judged by and measure up against. So, God sets the standard, not my neighbor. And Jesus has told us in John 15, 6, what to do. So, go back to our prayer. Let's look at the positive side here, because I believe you're all on fire. I believe you're all five wise virgins, and the wise virgins are in church, and that's who you are. All right, so here we go. The prayer of the Holy Spirit for us is to be strengthened with might in our inner man, number one. Number two, to be grounded in the love of God for us. In other words, to understand and know the love of God. Number three, to know the love of God for us, to understand how much he loves us. Four, to be filled with the fullness of God's love for us so that that love just overflows like a sweet perfume all over you, spray the whole bottle of perfume on you, and let everybody just smell it. Number five, let this love do for us more than we can ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest hopes or dreams. In other words, allow God's love to work on your behalf. Allow God's love to bless you. By this continuous, never-ceasing, to be active, miraculous power of God, let Him work it for you. We are going to learn how to tap into this. This is the abundant life. We must learn to feed on the vine and allow this abundant life fruit to grow in our lives. God wants the blessings of prosperity, wisdom, love, favor, any imaginable blessing. He wants all that in our lives as fruit to be seen so others can eat and enjoy it as well. Colossians 1.29. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. All right, so listen carefully to what Paul the Apostle says here. You know, he started more churches than all the other apostles put together. And you know, he wrote more than half of the New Testament, probably 70% of it. And that's how he did it. He said here in Colossians 1.29, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on God's Mighty power that works within me. Praise God. He did it by depending on the power of God 
and we are going to do it as well. God loves you, and I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to give the altar call. How many of you would say, I want to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. I don't know where I'm going. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray for you. And God will speak to your heart and assure you that you will go to heaven. If you invite him to speak to you, he will. So if you'll slip your hand up and take it down again, that'll signify to God, indicate that you invite God to speak to you when I pray my prayer. So I'm going to count to three. Put your hand up, take it down if you want the assurance. You ready? One, two, three. Thank you. All right, now everybody, everybody, let's say this prayer together. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. I receive my forgiveness. I repent for my sin. I declare Jesus as Lord of my life. Praise God, I'm now saved. God is my Father, and I'm God's child. If you said that prayer, or maybe the first time you said it, we will see you in heaven if you'll just stay faithful to Jesus. We love you. God bless you all. And I'm trusting God that we're going to come at the end of January to South Africa. So just keep believing with us that it works out. All the best. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, next weekend. Next weekend, I have part two in this series. Next weekend, I have part two in this series title, The Father Has Destined Us to Live in His Abundant Life. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 